Welcome, Welcome genre, genre junkies. junkies. This is the show where we celebrate a love of reading genre fiction. So, read what you love. And to hell with whatever anyone else thinks. Hi, genre junkies. This is Sandra. And this is Scott. And welcome to a very special, very intense episode of Genre Junkies, where we will be talking about Chain Gain All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajabrenya, who really needs not our help. No! This is a national book um, award finalist. This is an author that is on, like, talk shows. Um, We don't usually review books that are... This, this big, big and that we're th- well actually that's not strictly true that's tr- it's not true it's not they're true. usually not big when we review them they well, get we make, big we, after we make them they get big, big after <laughs> yes no we're not usually quite this quite this late to a really big book but um yeah but here we but here we are um so as a little psa here at genre junkies we'd like to remind you that Though here in the States, it is Black History Month, uh, every, every month, every day of every year, as readers, it is our responsibility to read diversely and to celebrate diversity in our books, in our authors, and to show publishers, hi, this is what we want to read. We like this. We want this. Give us more of this. And to talk about it loudly um, in any platform you have. And same thing with all of your media consumption. Diversity is key. Empathy is key. It is our only chance of survival. And it's really important to seek out um, diverse opinions and own voices reviews. So, yes. um, you know, we're, <laughs> we're a couple of, of white people. Yes. Um, go, 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 go seek out some other, some other people as well if you haven't. Diversify all your stuff. Actually, yep. Sandra has a recommendation. So just kind of throwing this out there, I I do love me some book Instagrams, bookstagram, if you will, though we're not particularly active, active as no. junkies. Maybe, you know, we always try. We Every go- like six months or so, we're like, we're going to give this another shot. And yeah. it lasts like a week. It's like, nope, no, no, no. Um, also book talk, also uh, booktube basically wherever books are happening and people are talking about it we always want to have a little toe in there um i have a new favorite book youtuber uh lit vibes with five he is awesome uh he's kind of a brand new youtuber only has like four videos out at the time of this recording and it's really fun to like get in on the ground floor and like start this journey with him. Um, he's smart. He's funny. I cannot recommend him enough. Lit vibes with five. Like, I mean, hello. Like, the name says it all. On another note, I think we have a joint recommendation. We True do. Detective. True Detective. Oh season man. Four. So we're not done yet. I think we're four episodes in. Yeah. So there's I like think, two more episodes. Yeah. Wow. So every season of television (laughs) is not always created equal everybody knows this um season one of true detective was a phenomena um two was yeah uh three we haven't watched because i think we kind of gave up hope yeah but i I heard it's actually pretty good so maybe we'll go back um but then season four 
we, we couldn't we couldn't skip Jodie Foster first of all that that's what got us back in Jodie Foster is God and I will be taking no questions <laughs> uh, but I love everyone involved everyone involved in this season and so awesome so many um like indigenous actors mm -hmm. in this season too um it feels like it's a return to form like how the first season was and it's just like one of those i i don't care i just want to stay up all night and and just watch it i just have to know i just have to watch it and there's very few things like tv shows that compel me like that and and uh sandra pointed this out i think in episode two and i i have to agree it gives some Twin Peaks vibes. It is. That is. And maybe that's just me being a hopeful Twin Peaks fan who's always looking for like, <laughs> does this have Twin Peaks in it? But it, it does have kind of that, that, that surrealness. Yeah. Where it's almost kind of dreamlike. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where you're like, is this a dream? Am I awake? What's happening? And you can kind of see the characters sometimes in situations where they're kind of set up like that too. But this is not a TV review podcast. This is a book review podcast. Let's get down to and it. And we have a book. Let me open my berry fizzy water here. A little ASMR for you there. By the way, how much are you loving our new intros and mid rolls? <laughs> I'm I'm loving them, editing them every time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually a new mid roll that's coming this episode that'll probably stick around for a little bit. Yeah, we recorded it all of five minutes ago so yeah uh, but we're silly gooses and sometimes we just want to have a silly goose time we had the same one for like three years so yeah. we, now we have to kind of make up for and it. and like every time we recorded we're like oh we need to we need to do that we let's need do, to do that yeah mm -hmm. but we didn't and this time we kind of did but we're kind of running out of time before this episode comes out so <laughs> <laughs> without further ado let's talk about chain gain all-stars by nana kwame a jebrenya so this book actually came out in 2023, just for the record. Loretta Thurwar and Hamara Hurricane Stacks Stacker are the stars of the Chain Gang All-Stars, the cornerstone of CAPE, or Criminal Action Penal Entertainment, a highly popular, highly controversial, profit-raising program in America's increasingly dominant private prison industry it's the return of the gladiators and prisoners are competing for the ultimate prize their freedom in cape prisoners travel as links in chain gangs competing in death matches before packed arenas with righteous protesters at the gates their war and stacks both teammates and lovers are the fan favorites and if all goes well their war will be free in just a few matches a fact she carries as heavily as her lethal hammer. As she prepares to leave her fellow Lynx, their war considers how she might help preserve their humanity in defiance of those so-called games. But Cape's corporate owners will stop at nothing to protect their status quo, and the obstacles they lay in their war's path have devastating consequences. Moving from the Lynx in the field to the protesters to the Cape employees and beyond, Chang'e All-Stars is a kaleidoscopic, excoriating look at the American prison system's unholy alliance of systemic racism, unchecked capitalism, and mass incarceration, and a clear-eyed reckoning with what freedom in this country really means from a new and necessary American voice. And there it is. Yes. Up until that last little bit, you're, you wouldn't be... Um, you couldn't be blamed for going, wow, this sounds like a fun, uh, you know fun like battle 
story and it is but right it's um oh, oh gosh so to talk about this book is to take on a huge breadth and depth of a topic um nana obviously knows how to write this book to be entertaining to be exciting to be thrilling but to also be incredibly poignant mm-hmm. um it's hard to encapsulate the emotions this is this book is a challenge this book yeah, is a challenge it because, is a challenge because it's going to take most folks outside of their comfort zone to have the big thoughts that this book comes with but it's worth it it is so worth it it is it's it's so interesting because i feel like if you'd cut 20% of the book, which, God, you shouldn't. I'm not Do saying not. that this is a thing that you sh- shouldn't be done. It's written so so well. If you cut 20% of the book, this would be like just this really exciting, brutal kind of book that we do enjoy and that we do read. And at this, you know, and then it would just be that. And this book is so, so much more than that. Um, it is a struggle in a way. While being an incredible page turner, and it, it it's it's conf- I'm very conflicted because it is a page turner, and I almost feel guilty that it was a page turner. Do you know what I mean? Because it was also really, really hard. Everything about it is um mind blowing, <laughs> like perfection. This for me is an obsession. It's an absolute obsession. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I read it. I will probably never stop thinking about this book. Um, I will hold it dear. I think this is an important piece of literature for our times. And obviously, a lot of people agree. Um, If you have heard of this book, maybe you haven't. But if you have and you're like, should I read it? I'm on the fence. This is your sign. (laughs) Read this book. I think it, I, we don't, we say jokingly a lot, like, wow, everyone should read this book. Just go ahead and do it. I, I, I feel like this is different. Yes. I feel like this is an actual, I, I want you to read this book. I might judge you if you don't read this book. <laughs> it's rough. I mean, I'll just say even like. I cried a couple times. We talk about, book. we talk about sometimes we joke, oh, all the triggers. This is a very triggering book. Yeah. I don't really care who you are. Yeah, and there are some specifics that I think we'll talk about. Well, you know, on the other side of the spoiler section. Yeah, but- if if you're just joining us, we name triggers at the top of the spoiler section, so you don't have to listen to the whole spoiler section. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one, e- things that you might not even that might not normally even be triggering for you, I think. Yeah. I think this book successfully, successfully and intentionally will be very effective in having a very strong emotional response. Yeah. Um, but I think the topic is important. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's worth being emotionally moved by it. Um, like I said, I I cried, um, a couple of times while reading this book and I cried at the end as well. Um, I sobbed at the end, but same it, I cried multiple times. Yeah, Scott was in the fetal position on the couch, and I'm like, oh, you finished it. Um, <laughs> it's- <laughs> but that's not to say that the book is just complete, like, doom and gloom, do your chores, take your medicine. Not at all. Not it's at very all. fun. It's also- And it's okay. I mean- <sighs> It's a message of humanity and compassion, 
Um, there was a lot of the book that I found incredibly inspiring and uplifting as well, like uh, for the things that our characters go through and what they endure. Um, you know, our two lead characters, it says in the description, um, they're a couple, these two women, and their love is beautiful. And it's, you know, kind of one of those messages of even in like the darkest time, sometimes we can be each other's light. You know, there's some really, really beautiful things to this book as well about the human spirit. Um, that being said, it's an abolitionist book. Make so, no mistake about it. Yeah. So maybe you haven't heard of, um, you know, prison um, abolition. Maybe you're new to it. Maybe you agree with it. Maybe you don't agree with it. But I think you owe it to a lot of people who are incarcerated, who are taken advantage of by the justice system, uh, to read this book and to think about this book um, and to broaden your horizons if the idea of abolition scares you or confuses you. Uh, I consider myself an abolitionist. It's a complicated s- subject. I I agree with I'm I'm with you on that. Um, it is a complicated subject, but I think that um, if you're not sure uh, on on what the viewpoint is of an abolitionist, this is a really great book to be introduced to that argument. And of course, at the end, in his afterword. Nana also gives um, some great resources that you can use and look into as well for some further reading and further education. So we're saying read the book. It's an obsession for me. It's for absolutely everyone (laughs) ever. I can't can't give this an appeal score because the appeal score is um, I I, I will force you to read it if I have the opportunity. (laughs) That's the appeal score. And like not with violence, like we'll just sit on you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Both of us will like sit on your legs and your back until you are done reading this book. Yeah, so I'm taking a I, I'm I'm taking a mulligan on on the appeal because it's it is a must read. Um, what's something that we can share with people a little bit about this book before the spoiler section? I mean, obviously we're singing its praises, and again, it needs no help from us. This book is incredibly famous and well received. Um. One thing I kind of wanted to say is, you know, it's definitely like a genre, like you can't define it. It's undefinable for a genre. Mm -hmm. It's near future. So it's kind of speculative fiction, a little science fiction thrown in there. But at the same time, (laughs) the technology is not that far off. It's really not. It's really not that far off. This could be happening now. Um, I think it's always cool to sit back and look at, you know, some of these things, consumerism, racism, uh, hard subjects and be like, let me just let me just experience what this author has to say about these things. Um, And I think it's really cool that a book that's, you know, kind of kind of genre has so much like, I don't know, has so much oomph behind it. It has such momentum. I think that's really kind of cool. It is very cool. Um, and I, I've we've said this so many times before. Genre fiction is where the real message lives a lot of the time. It's so true. You know, I, I don't know if we should be reading um, of mice and men in schools. There's anymore. a lot of shit we should not be reading I, in schools. And I, and I love, I love of mice and men. I you know that. I actually love, I love that book. No, no shade, but like. I don't know if that's what we should be reading in schools anymore. I think we should be reading stuff like this, yeah. more modern, with with real takes on the current on, on on like the current 
horrors and complications that we in our society. Yeah. No, there's a lot of works of historical literary merit that are just old white men. Yes, that's what it is. And I love a lot of classics myself. Don't get me wrong. We all do, right? But it's like, why is this book considered a classic? Why is this considered what we should be reading in school system? Like, because some other white man determined it to be? You know, you gotta, you gotta look critically at some of those classics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know how much harder we can sell it for you. You need to read this book if you haven't. I would actually be surprised if most of you haven't already read this book. As I said, I think we're late to the party, but... um, But at least we arrived. (laughs) At least we showed up. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we did. And I, I, this, this is a book that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. What could be more obsession than that? So we're going to hop on over into the spoiler section. Remember, at the top of the spoiler section, we're going to name some specific content warnings. But, um, and if you want to hear those, then that'll be up first. And then you can bail out if you don't want to hear any more spoilers. And if you're like most of the world has already read this book, then we hope you will join us for further discussion. We're just going to sneak into this midsection here to kindly ask you that you rate and subscribe to our fine podcast. We don't have a Patreon or membership, but we do have a P.O. box you can send money to. Just kidding. Unless you're going to do it. Then you can look at the P.O. Box. It's on, it's on our website. Let's get down to business. There, <laughs> This is one of those books where there is a lot of potentially triggering content. Yeah. A lot of things that you can think of so, is probably going to happen. Yeah. V- I mean, violence. Uh, Racism, sexism, homophobic, uh, transphobic, misogyny. Police brutality, um, sexual assault, uh, self-mutilation, issues around food scarcity and poverty, uh, issues around incarceration. Um, I I hope that we've covered everything that we can think of. Um, I, I, I expect this to be a triggering book for a large percentage of our audience. Um, I think it was triggering for both of us in ways that we would expect and in ways that we wouldn't necessarily expect. If you have a specific concern that you don't that you, um you did not hear us say that that you want to know, I encourage you to reach out to us or somebody else. Um I would expect it to be in in the book though. I would because it deals with a lot of, of 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 crime and um and and a lot of uh uh violence both both physically, emotionally, mentally, racially. So I want to I want to open up the spoiler section. And I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about to start with the the kind of standard part of the story. The the part that um, initially kind of you know you go back and forth and it's kind of fun because it's kind of talks about the entertainment industry right and the things that we do find enjoyable both in our books and in real life. Um, the combat is so well written. Absolutely. And exciting. Yeah. And and very visual and visceral. Yeah. Um, it's 
It's beautifully written. And the whole system around blood points, uh, you know, the way that it's been gamified. Yes. And the way that the that the 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 athletes have bought into this game and have become part of this game and and have, and have bought into the gamification of it mm-hmm. is um so relatable. Yeah, it's relatable, it's interesting. Um there's I think he described it like we did talk a tiny bit about this book because um it was so raw yeah, for us when we, we finished it. We kind of had to. But um you know the idea that with these blood points you could as a gladiator um as an as a person in the games in the cape program let's say i don't i don't know mm-hmm. in this horrible enslavement um you can buy other players who've been killed you can buy their legendary weapon yeah you can buy a part of that fabled story and uh, that's something I don't think I've ever read something quite like that in a book that has this kind of battle royale feel. You know what I mean? Like there's things like that where you can kind of upgrade. Not without it being kind of a VR video game kind of story. Like it is the kind of thing that you typically would see in a ready player one. You know what I mean? Um, But, but this, this this real life gamification this and and it's it's a way and it's very insidious and yeah. i don't mean by the author but in this universe it's very insidious this um dehumanization de- de- of the sport yes to make it feel video gamey yes. when there's nothing video gamey about it absolutely and um it's because he understands nana understands what would make this relatable what would make this engaging, right? Like he he gets like what would make people tune in, uh, for better or for worse. And the, the, the you know, there's that whole side storyline with with that married couple and the 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 wife in particular. Yes, that that's is very important. Really, really important to the story because she's us. She is us. It it rem- it reminds you as the reader of your. You're guilty of this. Yeah. You know, she goes further than, you know, I hope that I read. Oh, people for sure. Would. But I mean, for most of the book, she's us. She's a reflection of the audience. Yeah. She starts as, you know, she starts as kind of against the whole thing. Yeah. And the more, you know, the more she's exposed to it, the more this insidious complex is marketed towards her. The whole thing is designed to suck you in yes. and make you obsessed with it well yeah it, it, it's 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 you know like what it's it's fantasy it, football is designed in the same way you yeah, know what i mean it, Where, but it's on steroids because it never really it hardly ever turns off there's the whole link life thing you can follow them all the time you can watch them have sex for god's sake mm-hmm. and and <sighs> You know, it, it it's it's a reflection of the obsession towards reality TV and the this this product that's put forward of real people and their real lives in a way that's packaged to be entertainment and to be entertaining. Right. There's um a large message about consumerism in this book, and we have a problem in our culture with the commodification of people's bodies and specifically with black bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is uh, 
this is going to give you things to think about along those lines. Um, so here's here's something kind of in a similar vein to this. So Scott and I like sports. We like to watch sports. Um, one of our favorite things to watch together is we are huge WWE fans. Oh, yeah. And with WWE, in our humble opinion, it is pure entertainment. It is pure fun. Uh, the wrestlers seem to be having fun. The fans are having fun. There's costume and fanfare and showiness. Um, but it's all with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Nobody's... It's with the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, we're kind of all having fun in this spectacle. Um, we're all here because we want to be. Yes. And there's sometimes arguments to be made with other sports that there's quite a bit of commodification and frankly racism going on. Yeah. And that is a tough pill to swallow when you like sports. Um, I don't like thinking about that. That makes me uncomfortable as someone who likes sports. However, <laughs> it is my responsibility to not turn away from that, but to lean into that uncomfortable, that discomfort. Um, and a lot of these things, like abolition, these are not problems that we're going to solve tomorrow. This is a long game. This is an investment into systems and <sighs> a lot of work, a lot of work to be done. And you don't have to wait for someone to have the answer to try and fix what's broken right to acknowledge and i think that's i think that that's one of the things that i really came out of this with is that (sighs) this book doesn't provide an answer it doesn't say this is what should happen and there's there's a really important scene with in between you know one of the abolitionists in the book and a yeah one of the protests and and a reporter yes and it's the it's the one moment of of like um what about ism in the book yeah and it doesn't what 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 it did for me because obviously in in the world of this book i had no sympathy for i had no real sympathy for the reporter but but the questions she was asking the the book does not provide an answer to this is what we should be doing instead yes but we don't need to have that answer to know that what we are doing is broken what we are doing yes. is inhuman. Is well, no, and not okay. It, unfortunately, it's actually very human. It's inhumane. It's it's not working. It's a system that is that is broken by design, arguably. Yeah. Um. And so, hey, we might not know exactly how to fix it, but we know that we can't continue doing it like this. So yes. let's change it. I remember when I was in high school. Um, is when I learned about that there was such thing as for-profit prisons. And I started to learn about the prison industrial complex. And you you could have knocked me over with a feather. You know, even like sometimes as a kid, when you hear concepts, you're like, the who's it, what's it now? Like, that cannot be right. I remember even thinking, that cannot be right. That cannot be true. And it's like, oh, Sweet summer child, and you're like, this is wrong. There should be no system in which there is an an incentive to to incarcerate someone. So, um, in that, I think this is the round where you're talking about 
with Mari. Um, so where she's talking, she talks about um, prisons haven't deterred the harm they're meant to deter their failed experiment. What does that mean? Aren't there fewer criminals on our streets? I mean that all those issues you're talking about are symptoms of our current system. Rampant poverty, a lack of resources for people suffering from addiction and mental health issues. Those are difficult problems, but ones that can be addressed, but they aren't. Because criminalization dehumanizes individuals and implicates them rather than a society that abandons them in times of need. So there was a recent video that I just watched um, when you talk about um, poverty and you talk about all like the system. And it was about how when the um, when the stimulus checks went out, Uh they actually were made available, not on purpose, but that's how they wrote the law. Um, They were made available to prisoners. And they were able to get them. Yeah. And we we know um we know people who have spent time in prison. Absolutely. Prison, jail, including some of the hard knock places like San Quentin. Yep. Um, and uh I would say that 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 some of the stories you've heard are not even um don't even do it justice on 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 how wild it is in there. But the the way that they were saying is it was amazing how once everyone had what they need to have their basic needs met in mm-hmm. prison because they have a whole cash system there. Right. Um, all of a sudden, all of like the egoism, a lot of the racism, a lot of the classism and the bullying and that, that was happening prior went away for a while. Yeah. Uh, made, they made an example of if you step on someone's shoes in prison, and I think a lot of people have actually heard this, that is like, that's a big deal, right? Uh-huh. That's a big deal. Um, and he said he stepped on someone's shoes on accident. Yeah. And for the first time, they they said, "Oh, it's it's all right, it's all right, we're good." And that n- never happened before. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a system both both in the prison system and outside that um you know keeping people from what they need to survive mm-hmm. it just perpetuates um this desperation. Mm-hmm. Um. Another person that we know who's been to prison, um, they're they're from a different generation than us. They're a boomer. Let's call it what it is. They're boomer. <laughs> they're, yeah. Um, and they, for multiple reasons, never did therapy in life. Um, in prison, they were able to get access to therapy. And that was what really helped them, mm-hmm. was having access to a therapist that genuinely cared and was invested in them um so always something to think about right like when you think about these big problems sometimes there's some little morsels of it that again it's like we should be thinking about this because there are some things we can be doing right now uh one thing that was a reoccurring theme for me personally when i was reading this book is um, I kept coming back to George Floyd um, and his murder mm-hmm. because a lot of times when folks get killed or brutalized by the police, society, the media has a tendency to focus on, well, what were they doing? Yeah. Were they breaking the law? Well, they were doing this. Were they, were they doing this? Oh, he's been a president. Or oh, she's a da da da. And it's like, he was fuck, smoking weed once. fuck yeah. all that. <laughs> fuck all that. And so, yeah, there's people in this book who've done really bad things but at what point 
do we insert compassion? At what point do we insert empathy? You know, like, do we just throw everybody in the oubliette because it's inconvenient for us to think about them as people? And and they're, you know, we're not believers in unilateral sin over in this <laughs> household. Or any sin for that matter. But <laughs> Sinners are winners in the genre <laughs> junkie house. But, but really, yes, murder is... Uh, like top of the line, you've taken life from somebody Murder else. Sucks. It's yeah. awful, and um, you know, I'm not. I, there's, I'm not. I'm not sitting here and justifying anything. But they're still a human being. Yes. They still. They're still. <sighs> what could have happened in that person's life to make a difference to the point where they wouldn't murder somebody? So you have to. You have to go back. Yeah. And yeah. are they really like suddenly they're they're completely unforgivable? They yeah. can't. They can't be seen as a human ever again because they took someone's life. It's not. A, I mean, it's. It's a big. It's a big question. Yeah. It's a big question. Um, but it gets easier when you break it down into smaller little bites like that. When you think about what do we do? You know, like, again, like I said, the foreground, the work of um, caring about people in our communities, checking in on each other, getting people the help that they need. Um uh, mental health wise, emotional health wise, uh, you know, all these little things, systemic racism, transphobia, these things that it's like, if we can lay a good foundation for people to have resources, you know, it, you just kind of think about, wow, look at all the things we could accomplish. Look at all the people that wouldn't have to be killed. We can't keep uh, meeting violence with violence. Absolutely not. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about is Nana includes um, notes. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Citing the sources, if you will. Yeah. Um, in a couple of different voices as well. Yes. Some, uh, most are fact and some are almost like insights into the world and characters. Yeah. And some of them seem to be written by the character in which it's about. Some of them seem to be written by a a a third party narrator it's it's you know all over the place but every single one of them is meaningful yeah and powerful and no kindle we will not skip notes oh my god if the author took the time to put it into <laughs> writing it is important uh, the mo the i mean for me the mo i mean of course all of the statistics were powerful but yeah. what the most the most powerful ones to me were after every death after every death a a a description of who the person was yeah. because it, most of the characters are referred to by their fighter name their stage name whatever you want to call it yeah and in death they're given their name back yeah. and they're given their humanity back let's talk about some of the impactful characterizations in this book because the characters is what breathes life into this story. Um, I loved every moment that Stax was was in the book. Um, first of all, <laughs> if you kill your abuser, I think you're fine. Yeah, I think you're okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I think call you're good that to go. square. And and th the reality is is that there are people who are put in prison every single day for. Or killing or 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 harming their abusers. Fucked up. Um, 
You don't want me on that jury, I'll tell you right now. No. Nope. Like, I'll be like, let's give him an award. You are never going to serve on a jury. You know that, right? I know, and I've never you been picked, never. and I am taking it personally at this point. You, you will never serve on a jury. <laughs> they don't want me. They, the, yep. They will never. They might pick me. They might pick me. Well, you're like, until they get to talk to you more, because they'll be like, yeah, he's like a white dude. Like, let's pick him, and then they're going to get more than they bargained for <laughs> when they crack you open. Um. Yes, Hurricane Stacks. She, um, to kind of paraphrase the book, she forces love into a loveless space. Um, oh, really spoke to my heart. Um, love is just, it's the, it's, it's everything. It's the alpha, it's the omega, it's everything. Um, and reading about her, I, I really couldn't get enough of her. I really could not get enough of her in this book. Um, same thing with, uh, Hendrix. Yeah. I could not get enough of him either. I found both of those characters just so compelling. Every every character was. Don't get me wrong. I mean, really, even the ones you don't like. Absolutely, because they still have um, a point. They I, they have a point. They have a, a way they play into the story. Even even the the triplets, the racist, Ugh. horrible triplets. Awful. You Awful. still felt for them in death, and he still put them together. Yeah. So that they could be together. And he was like, I know they wouldn't do this shit for me. He's showing them more compassion than he ever got. Right. Um, that's important. Um, and those two was, you know, I was confused at first on why their stories were coming into it. Because they come in so early. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about Singer and Craft? Or? Yes. I'm okay. talking about Singer and Craft. But... Stuart J. Craft. It, it, it's so... Again, important because you start to really, you start to really see them and feel for them. And it's, they're so tragic and so, I hate to say it, cool too. But they are, they are cool. They're people that, um, he, he writes them to be cool. Yeah. Like, well, not Stuart J. Craft so much. No. That, there's nothing except for absolute tragedy in that, but. But even, even that is so tragic. It just. The, the the complete trust and love yeah. um that you know by the time they actually meet up against Thurwar and Stax, there's this feeling of they're a team. I I'm I'm kind of okay with this going either way. I understand what you mean. Um there was a lot of things that was hard to read. This self mutilation chapter was was really hard to read, but what really broke me was Stuart craft um the idea and this is a reality but the idea of taking a person and breaking them um he still has his name that's the only thing that's the only thing has. he has but i mean uh the groveling the desperation the fear um it literally sickens me um and i pray to whatever gods are out there that nobody ever makes an influencer yeah because i feel like that's something a lot of people would like certain authorities to have and the reality of how it came came to be is so so real heartbreaking so real when that moment comes Someone, full circle you know she's you know to have have to have her so dedicated to ending pain yes and oh well, you found a way to cause more pain than anything ever has ever. So we're going to sell that no matter what you do, no matter what you want. Right. Um, it's just tragic and so real. So real. Um, I, 
I I don't know for sure, <laughs> but I like to think that when there were, I like to think that she gets to be high freed. I like to think that she gets to be high freed. She joins the protest. She joins the movement with Mari and she does what Stax wanted her to do. I want that to be true. I don't know that it's true, but I want it to be what happens. I mean, I think that she is. I mean, this was her last battle. I mean, she, she, you know, I could definitely see the complex stopping her somehow, but um, But the complex we see at the end of the book is unraveling a little. Yeah. But that's why, that's why Stax sacrificed herself. She believed that she would, she could do this. Yeah. And, you know, this was the last hurdle for her. Um, Who knows what would happen to Stax over the next, I don't know, I think she had like six months, year left, Um, but third war just had this um i i like the fact that stacks did win in the end you know hey i got you but yeah um i think that a cool part there's really okay let me let let me back up there's a lot of cool things about humanity and humans there's a lot of cool things about us and we have the capacity for absolutely amazing things we really, truly do. Look at some of the cool shit we've accomplished as humans. Yeah, we've done a lot of bad stuff too, but we have such um, capability. We have such promise. Um, and one thing that I thought was really cool is getting to know the character's Sunset Harkness and his family, and also like that he changed the game. He said, okay, we're... Like, well, really, in Third War, pushed it through in stacks, but, you know, we're not going to fight on our chain. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to watch tape. We're going to watch footage. We're going to do drills. We're going to practice. We're going to, look, see how this p- opponent always does this thing. How, but, you know, like, actually be like, let's use what we can as an advantage and let's have some community, mm-hmm. even in this gross situation there is a way that we can form community and bonds and strength um and i see there's these elements of humanity throughout the book that give me hope that gave me a lot of hope when we're looking at a lot of dark stuff well and 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 that and that's the that's the reality is that he he was able to create that in spite of of the system exactly because the power of our humanity is can still be stronger than the inhumane systems that are built around us look this isn't really a fair comparison but for those of us who've been following genre junkies for a long time long long time you know that we live in northern california and a couple of times now We've been ravaged by wildfires. By the skin of our teeth, Scott and I have kept our uh, places we were living. Uh, We had to be evacuated, but we kept our homes. And we have a saying here, which is the love in the air is thicker than the smoke. Mm -hmm. And it's that vibe, right? Yes. Yeah. And and I get what you're saying. It's not a comparable, but... Yes, but it's... it's, It's what we have. It's what you and I have, at least. Yeah. To to relate to look at that of like you know the bad thing is here the bad thing is happening um but what can we do to survive and what can we do to hold on to our love and our compassion our humanity and our community but i do think it's really important to point out the the 
the in spite of because there's there's messages something you said earlier um even about me yeah well about you know one of the people that we know who did find therapy in prison yes uh i would still say that he is a better person in spite of his time in prison that is a good thing that came from it but i don't think that san quentin itself actually is a very good environment for which to heal for which to improve oneself or any person and and i think that 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 people who go through the system and come out the other end better people it's it's really easy to say oh look the system worked no (laughs) no the system didn't work that person was was able whether it was through a a good person on the inside or through their own strength of character their own humanity happened to be able to overcome that thank god that some people in prison have access to some things that they need Uh, yes yeah like that some some folks do get to see therapists some folks do get to have libraries they get to go to um treatment for addiction um it's nice that some people do get to have those things um because that's just not everybody's reality right well i i don't know if i want to score this anything other than stars yeah let's keep it a traditional stars rating um from this genre junkie you're looking at 10 out of 10 stars. We always change our number. We're like 5, 10, 5, 10 as our max. Um, it's part of our charm here, but <laughs> definitely a 10 out of 10 book. Uh, nothing I would change about it. Um, it's pretty much perfect. It's a modern day classic. It's important. Uh, it's beautiful. It's harrowing. It's riveting. It's brutal and devastating. It's beautiful. Uh, 10 out of 10. It's, it is 10 out of 10. Um, in that I don't even know if it fits into our normal scale. It is, as you say, a modern day classic. It is literature while being genre fiction. Yes, indeed. Um, it is a 10 out of 10. There is, there is no, um, no notes. (laughs) We have no notes. (laughs) And I know you were waiting for that, Nana. You're welcome. The Chucky says you left no crumbs. No, it, but humbly from our little corner of the world reviewing books, um, you've you've done a really miraculous thing with this book. So thank you, genre junkies, for joining us on this extra long spoiler section. <laughs> and we could go on. You could do an entire podcast about this book. And I still feel like. I still feel like even if you haven't read it and you did decide to listen to the spoiler section, I think that there's still so much more oh, that, um, that we haven't covered that you need you need to read this book. And I hope that we've convinced you if you still haven't been convinced. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Sandra. This is Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime. Mm-hmm.